Hello and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where we deal with our anxieties via humor. I'm Emily. I'm Sarah. Happy President's Day! Also, hello, my name is Avalon. not even gonna cut that like that's i'll cut after you introduce yourself (laughs) um we are joined here in virtual studio by avalon leonetti who lives less than a mile away from me but i couldn't be asked to clean my apartment it's so cold so rainy it's also really cold how cold is it for you guys today too cold yeah it snowed for like 30 seconds this (laughs) afternoon we're gonna get a foot of snow on friday (laughs) We aren't built. And it's going to be three degrees. There's also no bus line that runs like between my place and Avalon's. It's a pain in the ass. It's so, a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. You got to call a lift. You got to walk. A mile? Well, less than. What are you trying to do? Run a marathon? <laughs> Actually, if it's under a mile, I'm like, yeah, that's good. I can do that. <laughs> that's what happens when you don't have a car for 10 years. <laughs> uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about... Presidents? Dumb things, presidents? <laughs> Silly stories about presidents. Um, we had a theme for this episode. And it was just, can whoops. you find dumb things presidents have done? Basically. Um, and we invited our favorite presidential expert and co-host, of, not co-host, the host of Boo Ha Not a doctor. Um. Leonetti. <laughs> uh, well, as the host of a... a- podcast that is ostensibly about ghosts but more often than not about dead presidents uh i am very happy to be here i have a story about an alive president is that gonna (laughs) throw the whole thing off oh no oh no it's fine (laughs) you ruined it you ruined the theme um well i need to do a disclaimer before we start this episode the lesson that you need to take from it is not all presidents do weird dumb shit uh because there's a difference between installing a bathtub and whatever the hell is happening right now so (laughs) Oh, are we about to get political? Well, yeah, it's an episode about presidents. So, a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we should just not mention. Put a I would love to see if we could go the whole episode without uttering the name of the current office holder. Are we allowed to make references? I feel like it should be we can pretend he doesn't exist for the next, I assume, hour and a half because there's three of us and Avalon is here. <laughs> I'm almost sure I reference him at some point, but sure. Okay, fine. Break the rules. Yeah, why not? We didn't decide what order we were going in, so I am going to... I have uh, a quiz, so let's end on the quiz, which is super fun, by the way. Oh, I was going to break out my D... D uh, the three-sided dice. Four-sided <laughs> dice? A D4. I would say, I don't think D3s can physically exist in the world, but... I'd like to see a D2. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> it's a coin. It's, it's actually a coin. just a coin. <laughs> They actually do sell those. They do. Um, yeah, my how dream do you is pay for them. <laughs> my dream is to own a D100. At that point, it's just a golf ball, right? Yeah, they're weirdly expensive. It's like 20 bucks. I was going to get Travis one for his stocking, but that would have been the whole stocking budget. I'll go first. Avalon, you can hang out in the middle. Um, all right. So the dumb presidential stories I have chosen. 
begin with the Howard Taft bathtub thing. Uh, <laughs> as it has uh, been labeled in my notes. We haven't recorded for a month and I have completely forgotten how to do this. Podcasting? Oh, yeah. I, I'm a baby. I have okay. no idea what's happening. <laughs> I, I seem to remember from our last episode, you, you'd rather be a baby. Oh, no, that wouldn't be our last episode now. What episode are you even referring In to? In the Christmas special, one of Scrooge's lines is, I don't care, I'd rather be a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and your delivery of it was so sincere. <laughs> well, i that's kind of my whole thing, sincerity. Look, I, I think I speak for us all when I say we'd all prefer to be adult babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I took from the Mandalorian most was I want to be a baby Yoda just being <laughs> floated behind... Pedro Pascal that has, fed that little fed baby soup. Yoda had a real sweet setup, didn't he? With that little egg thing that just floated. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't keep that. That was handy. Yeah, and just mugs of soup and <laughs> like I said, Pedro Pascal was there. Ah, uh, yes the, the the highest we could achieve in life: a mug of soup and an egg. <laughs> Heaven. A transport egg. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, well, spoilers for the Mandalorian. There's soup. The baby Yoda in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and soup. Um, so the Howard Taft bathtub, Howard Taft bathtub thing. It didn't happen like you think it happened. <laughs> the bathtub You're stealing that stuck my in thing. Him. <laughs> uh, by. It didn't happen. I mean, it didn't take six men to rescue the 27th president of the United States from his own bathtub because his broad ass got lodged in there. Didn't happen. (laughs) Admittedly, Taft was 5'11 and 350 pounds. So like. He was a hefty guy. He was. He was big. Um, All of the articles I read were very fat shamey and I was not into it. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, uh, he didn't get stuck in his bathtub. Uh, this was all probably the result of a story by a man named Erwin Hoover, uh, no relation to the president, a 42-year veteran of the White House staff. In his memoir, published in 1934, he wrote that Taft would, quote, stick in the bathtub and have to be helped out, but never mentioned who did the helping or how they pulled him out. I think we've all stuck to the bathtub at one point <laughs> or another. Hey, when you're, like, what? how old was he? Like, 40s? Like... Getting up from a bathtub where you're very low to the ground and have to stand into a full standing position, like after the age of thirty, I still need help. It's hard. It's hard. And this was before they had those ergonomic tubs for old people that you can just walk into. (laughs) The one with the door. Uh, I'm gonna put that on the list with a cup of soup and an egg as things I would very (laughs) much enjoy. (laughs) I want just a tub of water that comes up to my neck when I'm sitting. And, like, a bench in it, you know? So, like, you sit on the bench, and then the whole thing fucking fills with water, like, four feet. I'm picturing a dunk tank. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) A very vertical tub is what you're looking for. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking for, like, a A bench seat. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah. (laughs) I want a walk-in shower that's a tub. Anyway, so yeah, he's stuck in the bathtub, but not like stuck in the bathtub. But he did love himself a good bathtub. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> That's where the story really is. <laughs> what a um, cruel irony. 
One tub that he had built uh, in 1909 weighed a ton and was over three feet wide and seven feet long. It was installed on the USS North Carolina for a visit to the Panama Canal. It was a boat tub. (laughs) There's so many logistics here. (laughs) Was it on a gimbal? Did it have shocks? How do they keep it from... Were there choppy seas? What's happening? I actually didn't look into the logistics of having a one-ton bathtub on a boat. I mean, that's just essentially bringing your own jacuzzi on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Newspapers reported that similar tubs were installed in the White House on Taft's presidential yacht, which I guess is a fucking thing, and inside his brother's summer home in Texas. (laughs) Hey, Steve. uh, (laughs) I need to leave this here. Do you mind? (laughs) Surely everything is bigger in Texas. Were the Texan tubs not big enough for him? (laughs) This is madness. It was an Olympic-sized pool that he had installed (laughs) in his brother's bathroom. Um, Flood the city of Austin. (laughs) Uh, After leaving the White House in 1913, Taft moved into a suite in New Haven, Connecticut, or moved into a suite in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, in a hotel with an immense bathtub that the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer reported was, quote, deep enough to allow any ordinary sized man to float when it is filled. So a pool. A pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, like, half hard-sided above-ground pools that the fancy middle-class families get. I mean, we're, we're all laughing here, but, like, that sounds great. I would love just a yeah. big, warm pool. Oh, no. It's on my, like, list of things a house I buy must have. It's a big fucking bathtub. That you can do laps in. That I can do laps in. (laughs) I want it to be, like, the bathtub from the prefect's bathroom in the fourth Harry Potter book. (laughs) Yes. To have a 40-year-old ghost lady in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want... (laughs) I would say I would take the ghost, for sure. (laughs) Um, Fun fact, the lady who played Moaning Myrtle... (laughs) Was, was like 40 years old. That was, yeah. Um, mm. And she also played Einstein's wife in a made-for-TV Einstein oh. movie. But the important thing is she was the voice of Babu Frick in Star Wars, Rise of the Skywalker. What? <laughs> huh. Yeah. This is brand new information. No, I want you to think about how Moaning Myrtle sounds and then think about how Babu Frick sounds. And that's where it is. <laughs> I get it. Now, yeah, I get it. Mm. I have also not seen The Rise of Skywalker. Is that Baby Yoda's soup? Babu Frick? Is this the um, egg? What's happening? Babu Frick is a tiny droid mechanic <laughs> who hangs out with Carrie Russell Pass. on a planet. And he's also baby-sized, actually. He, yeah, very baby-sized. Um, and hangs out on a planet, I think, for just criminals? That's the impression I got. I don't know. I need to see it again. Duly noted. That's mm-hmm. That sounds like Star Wars. I'm a Star Trek guy. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. We don't judge here. It's been a... It's been a big year for Star Wars babies. <laughs> like babies who were conceived during Star Wars or? No, like Star Wars media with babies in it. Yeah. I, I mean, Babu actually... Freak was not a baby, but he looked babyish. I don't know. I kind of want like a Muppet Babies version that's. <laughs> but but not like Baby Ray and like Baby Finn. Oh, I was going to say, I got very distracted thinking about baby Oscar Isaac for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Kind of drifted off. No, I want it to be like Baby Akbar and uh <laughs> They could bring back Chewbacca's Shit. kid from the uh from the holiday special we Lumpy. We do not and talk about that Lumpy in this home. <laughs> Itchy, Itchy Baka. <laughs> Scabies. What was the other one's name? 
Um, although, <laughs> with the naming scheme of Yoda's people, um, Yoda, Yaddle, Baby Yoda's name is probably like Yeezy or some shit. You guys know that, right? Like <laughs> Yeezy or Yeet. <laughs> Come on, John Favreau, do it. I don't think I have any favors left. Every episode of The Mandalorian, I was threatening to drive to his home and set it alight if anything happened to. <laughs> um, so, Baby Yoda aside, which surprisingly, <laughs> I don't think we've ever discussed on this podcast. I don't think we've recorded since The Mandalorian came out. Oh, no, that came out when I got home from vacation, my dude. We've uh. recorded unicorns and <laughs> that, that one bitch. <laughs> All right. So, big fucking tub, right? <laughs> oh, right. This is a show about presidents, not Star Wars. Oh, my God. What if when we have someone from Buhaha and we're trying to do a show about presidents, <laughs> it becomes about everything else? So, you want to talk about force ghosts? <laughs> uh, I do, actually. Do we just get Buhaha sceptions? Uh, ooh. Yeah. Um, I would watch that movie. A ghost within a ghost, that kind of thing. Um, That's just the movie Ghost with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> do you guys remember Just Like Heaven? Um, oh, I think I kind of do. Reese Witherspoon. Who rings the bell. Mark Ruffalo, the guy from... Uh, yeah. Where she was dead and then... Anyway. I'm aware. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't have anything I don't I important to say about it. I just remembered its, its existence and that I watched it in remember theaters. Remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I, I do actually have a dumb t- Taft bathtub story. A Taft tub, if you will. <laughs> Um, two years after he, uh, left the White House in 1915, the, uh, president made a splash at a hotel in Cape May, New Jersey. (laughs) He, quote, failed to properly consider the size of the average seashore hotel bathtub, unquote, and the water displaced when he took a seat in the tub, flooded the floor, and trickled onto the heads of guests in the downstairs dining room. (laughs) Uh, the next morning, as he gazed out at the Atlantic Ocean, Taft said, quote, I'll get a piece of that fenced in someday, and when I venture in, there won't be any overflow. Oh. <laughs> Billy. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> if only there was a tub big enough for old Tafty. Crafty Tafty needs his bath time. I still like the thought of Alice Roosevelt distracting him with a bathtub full of hot butter noodles. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. For me. When we write our screenplay, that'll make it in. Yeah, I want to write like a scary movie style president's film. <laughs> Could it be like in the vein of those like like Mother's Day, Valentine's Day ones where it's just like a series of vignettes and it's like President's Day. Huh? Yes. There we go. Yes. Um, oh. And it has to have. Oh, you're onto something. It has to have everybody in it. I'm talking Mark Ruffalo. I'm talking Taylor Swift. I'm all talking that guy that played Mr. Mistopheles in the Cats movie. <laughs> yes, all of our notable presidents. <laughs> I was saying, can you imagine Taylor Swift as Calvin Coolidge? Oh my god. I was picturing her as more of a Martin Van Buren, but I could get behind Ooh. T. Swift as Coolidge. God Just damn. silently, stoically riding a mechanical ball. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow gets her fat suit from Shallow How out again to play How We're going to make a billion dollars. Anyway, have your people call my people, Gwyneth. Something, something, yoni eggs. 
that's um, Gwyneth Paltrow as. as actually, I think her new thing is that she Goop is selling a candle that smells like her um, her down there. Oh no! Yeah, but Lady Gaga also made a perfume like five years ago that allegedly had notes of semen in it, and I own that perfume, and it does not. Uh, I used to make perfume. Look, that's it's it's all hokum. If you want a perfume that actually has notes of semen, you want Secrecion Magnifique from Italie Bordeaux Orange. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Wow. I gave up on, no I gave up on perfume making when I couldn't get the perfect blend of campfire, tobacco, coffee, and pines. I was just like, no, fuck all of this, and I quit. Oh, I can help you out there, but that's that's like five other episodes. <laughs> oh, we should do a perfume making episode. Yeah. Uh, I will just talk about perfume, the story of a murderer for an hour, but... <laughs> I have a set of the smells from that book and movie. You what? Yeah, it's it, what? Uh, it's in my uh, it's in my uh, cupboard here right now. Didn't it's... that come out when we were like twelve? Um, I guess I'm a mortal or something, but uh, uh, yeah. Oh my god, but... he's a vampire. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we can schedule a viewing sometime. They're great. Anyway, this is wildly divergent. I am sorry. <laughs> I think you forgot what show you're on. Fair. <laughs> It came out in 2006. I was 15. I don't know how old you are, immortal being. <laughs> I found it on eBay or something. Uh, it's great. All right. Let's talk about a raccoon. <laughs> oh, my God. The raccoon story you promised me. Yeah, I did, in fact, promise a raccoon story or a raccoon, depending on where Thank you're from. You. <laughs> Is raccoon like... A Pacific Northwest pronunciation, or is it just fancy fucking people? I don't know. I think it's fancy people, because I, I feel like the British say raccoon as well. I was going to say, I've never heard it pronounced like I that. I didn't know if it was it's like an some... aunt's aunt thing. In, <laughs> in Germany, they're called Waschbären, which translates to washing bears, because they oh. wash their food. Oh, have That's you guys the seen the videos of the raccoons? They give them cotton candy yeah. and then they go to the stream to wash yes. it. It dissolves. The look in uh. his little eyes. Well, no and why. I burst into tears because it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> There's a follow-up video where they give him more cotton candy and it learns its lesson and it just oh, doesn't good. wash it. It's great. So, <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about Calvin Coolidge's raccoon. <laughs> Um, this is an abridged version of the story because I didn't think that there would be this much information on it. <laughs> I also didn't think it would take that long to get through the Taft story, but that held more water than I expected, pun intended. Um, okay. So, Thanksgiving, 1926. A gift arrives at the White House from one Vinnie Joyce of Nita Yuma, Mississippi. You know where that is. Um, Mississippi? Uh, the gift comes with a suggestion that it should be killed, cooked, and served to the president for his Thanksgiving dinner. It was a fucking live raccoon. <laughs> of course this is coming from Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, they'll eat anything down there. This... I, mentioned, I ate gator when I was down there. Like, it happens. This dovetails very nicely with uh, the story I'm going to tell, and yes, can confirm. <laughs> Um, so Coolidge was hesitant to eat a gift, this gift, because it was a goddamn raccoon, and he wasn't the most adventurous man in the world. Um, he was actually, like, he gained a favor with the people of the United States because he just kind of hung out and didn't do much, which 
Sounds refreshing. <laughs> uh, he did ride a mechanical bull for exercise, though, but I actually don't tell that story. That's just a fun fact you guys get to have now. And a fun mental image we get to have. <laughs> Apparently he did it in the buff. Yeah, everyone go ahead. Take a second to Google a picture of Calvin Coolidge or go check our Instagram story where I will have selected a flattering one. That is if the picture of Taff that I select doesn't take more than one slide. <laughs> <laughs> so the raccoon. Uh, the first family wasn't going to eat their new little buddy, leading Coolidge to unofficially pardon her and adopt her as a pet. This surprised no one, since Grace Coolidge had a well-known love for animals that prompted many people to send them unsolicited pets like cats, dogs, a bear, two lion cubs, and a tiny hippo. <laughs> oh, this makes so much sense, because, like, when I was researching for the presidential pet quiz, which we'll have later, like, the... The segment about the Coolidge's was they had a literal zoo and then it listed like 40 animals. Yeah. It's like, I can't even pick one. Moving on. Um, so the raccoon was formally named Rebecca and lived at the White House for two years, gaining a reputation oh with gosh. the staff for being a massive pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she ripped up clothing and clawed on the upholstery and also escaped constantly. Uh, the White House staff thought the raccoon was, quote, a regular Houdini, uh, given her ability to wriggle free from harnesses and break out of cages by gnawing away the wooden bars. And Lincoln's ghost hated her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, which it all led to chases throughout the president's home. So um, Rebecca also enjoyed being toted around like a baby by the first lady and draped around the neck of the president <gasps> while he walked around doing whatever the fuck presidents did in 1926. <laughs> According to Grace, one of Rebecca's favorite pastimes was playing in a partially filled bathtub with a cake of soap. Same. <laughs> this is the most darling story I've ever There was heard. no word on whether or not it was Taft's bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> when the Coolidge's decided to vacation in the Black Hills of South Dakota, which I hear are very scenic, um, they originally planned to bring only... Their colleagues, Rob Roy and Prudence Prim, along with Mrs. Coolidge's five canaries. Huh. Uh, however, they couldn't bear the thought of leaving Rebecca behind, so they added her to the entourage. I'd this say so she sweet. was probably the turtle. The only person from entourage I remember the name of. <laughs> I'm I'm picturing just a raccoon eating canaries in a box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like fucking Ozzy Osbourne in there, just <laughs> Um, by early 1928, Rebecca had a new raccoon companion dubbed Reuben by the president, uh, but they did not get along as people are want to do in arranged marriages. <laughs> uh, Rebecca increasingly escaped the White House grounds to roam the capital city looking for adventure. Did she get a Secret Service detail? Oh my god, like my date with the president's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> To say, how has this not been made into a children's movie yet? I would watch the shit out of a Don Bluth movie about Rebecca the raccoon. Um, so after the escapes became more of a pattern, the Coolidge's finally donated her to the National Zoo. Oh. Then my third story is but one sentence. <laughs> it's the Bush pretzel, pretzel incident. <laughs> and it is my favorite. You just gave it all away right there. Uh, one time, George Bush Jr. choked on a pretzel watching football and passed out for a minute, and we all thought there was no way we'd have a president dumber than that. <laughs> and oh. that's the end of my stories. 
didn't, didn't in, like didn't he throw up? Or no, that was a, it was a different incident where he threw up in like the Japanese PM's lap or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He did puke at a state dinner. This was in his own home, but he <laughs> choked on a hard pretzel. I hope it was a hard pretzel and passed out for a minute. I was picturing a Wetzel's. Uh, no, I, I figured it was like the, uh, you know, like the bags you get at like convenience stores. Oh, sure. Because I don't think you just have soft pretzels for football watching. <laughs> He's the president. Come on. God, I would have soft pretzels for watching anything if I could. Sitting on a throne of soft pretzels. <laughs> the soft pretzel throne. Oh, man. It's it's like... No, you guys haven't seen Knives Out, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the fucking best. Okay. Um, I haven't. No spoilers. No spoilers. Absolutely no spoilers. But that art fixture. Uh-huh. Yes. Just pretzels. Uh, but just, just pretzels. <laughs> An elaborate helix of pretzels. <laughs> or the Iron Throne. <laughs> Woven from Aunt Annie's. <laughs> the pepperoni kind, because I'm not a fucking peasant. <clears throat> anyway, so that's what I have for dumb presidential stories. Uh, big bathtubs, raccoons, and pretzels. <laughs> Boy, we sure were worried that we wouldn't be able to fill an hour with... Well, I mean, 20 minutes of it is me trying to find my notes and also tangents <laughs> about Baby Yoda, so... <laughs> we did talk about space soup for a while, yes. <laughs> so, Avalon. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so, I am going to tell you one of my favorite presidential stories. Uh, it is not so much a story about dumb presidents as it is a dumb story about presidents. Uh, this is the story of the dueling presidential stuffed animals. Oh, no. Oh, oh boy. Oh, no. <laughs> so, it all starts... Uh, it starts with Theodore Roosevelt, and it ends with a man who would go on to get stuck in a bathtub. Um, dear old, dear old Billy Taft. Stick in the bathtub. I'm sorry. Of course. And I prefer Howie Taft. <laughs> Billy Howie Tafters. <laughs> the most dignified president. <laughs> and Bilbo. the only one to hold an Olive Garden Unlimited Pasta Pass to this day. Bring me more breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> it means hospitaliano. <laughs> um, I love B word fat. <laughs> oh, God. It's the best. <clears throat> uh, so, this story starts two years into Roosevelt's first term when he decided to take a relaxing vacation in picturesque Smeeds, Mississippi, which is now known for literally nothing other than this story. <laughs> Uh, a few days into his vacation, uh, read hunting trip, he complained to his companions that he had yet to shoot a black bear. Okay. I mean, that is my biggest complaint about most vacations. Often, like a day or two into it, you've settled in and you're like, well, nothing has died. <laughs> uh Upon hearing this, some of Roosevelt's attendants decided to take it upon themselves to gather their hounds, and ride out into the woods to find a black bear. Eventually, they did, finding a lady bear, whereupon they chased it to the point of exhaustion, cornered it, and clubbed it to within an inch of its life, and then dragged its crippled, semi-conscious form back as a gift for Teddy Roosevelt. Yep, yep. 
again. All this trash. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, Roosevelt was a sporting man. Um, I have written down here, which at that time was as close as one could be to being a compassionate man, I guess. Wait, just a second. Is this the Roosevelt that was in Night at the Museum, or is this the other Roosevelt? <laughs> uh, well, one could walk, and yeah, it's, I it's, just need to know if I'm picturing Robin Williams or not. It's, uh, it's there's there's Night at the Museum Roosevelt, and then there's Hot Wheels Roosevelt, and it is the former. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'm sorry, Hot Wheels Roosevelt? Yeah, 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 that's what they called him. The one that was in Annie. <laughs> oh, that's right, he was. Do you know most of your presidential history from movies? Yes. <laughs> and the Animaniac song? <laughs> uh, I did I did look into a couple of the things mentioned that that song is possible leads for stories. <laughs> it's very informative. And then I always get sad at the end because they're like, and now... Bill Clinton's the president. Woo! And I'm like, yeah. 90s were rough. Anyway. Yeah, but in hindsight. <laughs> probably a little easier. <laughs> so Roosevelt, uh, being presented with a very, very sad, crippled, semi-conscious black bear, um, refused to shoot the bear because it would be unsportsmanlike. My dude. <laughs> Uh, we can we can leave out of the story that he then turned to one of his friends and said, put it out of its misery. <laughs> <laughs> and they slit its throat. Um, that part didn't, didn't really make the papers, but the story itself did. Uh, not long after, a political cartoonist heard about the story and drew a cartoon of Roosevelt turning his gun away from what is inarguably one of the cutest bears uh, ever to be depicted. Um with the subtitle, Drawing the Line in Mississippi. Uh, which, I, I feel like that's, that's some a... New Yorker level shit right there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, it is thought that the cuteness of the bear, coupled with the nobleness of the story, caught people's imagination, uh, including that of toy maker Morris Mitchum, who decided to start selling plush black bear cubs to commemorate the event. Oh my god, are you going to do like a, a lore-style like mic drop at the end of the story? Because <laughs> I can feel it coming. <laughs> There's And that toy's name? I'm Aaron Menke. Uh, um, so, and at the same time, the prestigious Steiff company began making similar bears under the model name Steiff Model 55 PB. Um, or, well, that rolls off the tongue. Yep. Uh, or also, in, I have to trust your pronunciation. <laughs> this is the benefit. Uh, or, in English, Steiff Model 55PB, which was decidedly less prosaic than Mitchum, who simply called his the teddy bear. Yep, there's the Aaron Mankey mic drop. See, Thank there you. It is. Thanks, for, thanks for stepping on all of my microphone deck here. Now here is and a 45-minute you know The rest ad. of the story. <laughs> 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 who wants some RX bars? I have the copy for that somewhere <laughs> uh but that is not where the story ends because the teddy bear completely took off took the world by storm everybody wanted them but toy makers were terrified that the fad wouldn't last and it didn't now we cut to 1909 <laughs> Six years later, in Atlanta, where the Chamber of Commerce had chosen to celebrate the man Roosevelt had handpicked to follow him as president, William and Howard. 
dude wore a lot of hats, a lot of gigantic, <laughs> gigantic hats. Full of buttered noodles. Uh. <laughs> William Howard Taft. Uh, at this dinner where they were commemorating Taft, it being Atlanta, they decided to treat him to an old-fashioned Southern delicacy. No. Possum and taters. At this point in my life, having eaten some weird food, I'd try it. Why does the South keep eating trash animals, though? I mean, I love, I will say this, I love raccoons. I love possums. I think they're adorable, but they eat trash. It's you work with what you have, like, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, you've got, like, raccoons, possums, or other people from Mississippi, right? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the same could be said for why does Japan eat weird shit? I have had jellyfish before, like, God... God did not intend us to put that in our mouths. And someone was like, eh. I always felt that that's more like a, it's a move to like spite our maker. (laughs) Fuck you, I'll eat it. I ate gator out of curiosity. I ate jellyfish out of spite. (laughs) Fucking hate jellyfish. I just sent Emily a picture, I think, two days ago. It was, like, just a big, giant fucking jellyfish. They're fruit. garbage animals that do nothing but murder. Like, why do we have them? Oh, and they get to be immortal. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. They so. don't even have brains. <laughs> yeah, they're gross. It's not It's not what you want. But I you... learned a fun fact, and this is why I sent a picture of the jellyfish, is because I was listening to Stuff You Should Know when they had a jellyfish episode. But apparently, like, jellyfish, they don't have, like, a traditional mouth or, like, a butthole. They just have a hole, and they use it for everything. I don't think I've ever heard you say the word butthole. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I don't think I've heard anyone say the word butthole (laughs) in a long time. Butthole. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) possum and taters. Yes, they decided to serve Taft possum and taters. Um, the dish was a whole roasted opossum Aww. with its head and awful naked rat tail still attached. <laughs> no. Served on a bed of sweet potatoes. Oh, that sounds nice, though. With a smaller <laughs> potato wedged between its 50 nightmare teeth. <laughs> I think you said nightmare Keith for a second. <laughs> so who the fuck is Keith? Oh, shit, you don't know Nightmare Keith? He'll fuck you up. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's my least favorite creepypasta story. <laughs> uh, the possum that they served to him weighed 18 pounds. No! What? That's so much trash. Picture that with your eyes and brain. That's like my cat plus another third of my cat. <laughs> that's two-thirds of my dog. Speaking Ish. of, here's my cat. What? <laughs> What do you want? (laughs) Your cat heard us talking about possums. Um, So they served Taft this garbage monster, and he loved it. uh, And he (laughs) ate so much of it so quickly that a nearby physician was moved to voice his concern to the (laughs) president-elect. This is Taft doing it? (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh... He apparently liked it so much that he asked for thirds. Um, Later, he told reporters, I like possum. I ate very heartily of it last night, and it didn't disturb in the slightest my digestion or my sleep. Which kind of feels like damning with faint praise, where it's like, (laughs) it's Taft. Like, unless he was eating like a bike, it's probably not going to do much. (laughs) This did give me diarrhea. (laughs) 
I ate- ten, uh, ten stars. <laughs> and yet he still won't eat at Taco Bell. <laughs> it's like a vampire just like happy to feel something. He's like, finally. <laughs> it's like the Pirates and Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just used to food turning to ash in his mouth. Or he just got fucking stabbed. He's like, oh my God, I felt it. Ah. <laughs> All right, Jeffrey Rush. Um, so Jeffrey Rush is eating a possum. Um, grasping at straws and still terrified by the prospect of the teddy bear falling out of favor, toy makers everywhere sprang into action. No. And, and so the Billy Possum was born. <laughs> I invite you both to Google Vil- Billy Possum. I'm absolutely doing this right now. I've never needed to see something more. If you thought the teddy bear was big, oh boy, <gasps> you oh should have seen the Billy Possum. I want 15 of these. <laughs> uh, there were Billy Possum. How did this not catch on? Right? There were Billy Possum pins, postcard, toys, books. There was a song. <laughs> The LA Times reported, The teddy bear has been relegated to the seat in the rear, and for four years, possibly eight, the children of the United States will play with billy possums. Uh, yeah, we still do, to yep, this day. to this very day, end of story. Obviously, uh, they were wrong, and it didn't, and they didn't. Uh, the billy possum was forgotten about as quickly as Taft had eaten the animal who inspired it. Uh, <laughs> the article I read, uh, the writer... Uh, argues that it is likely because the story of Taft's possum wasn't a tale of a president sparing a noble beast from an unsporting slaughter. <laughs> as, the opposite. Yeah, it was a story about a morbidly obese man who ate at least five pounds of possum meat one time. <laughs> okay, but let's let's take a second and think if the Billy Possum had stayed in favor, uh, the Beanie Baby oh. would have made oh. commemorative possums instead. Uh only makes sense oh my god so a ton of oh us god. would be proudly displaying princess die possum a, yes! that's exactly what i was thinking of <laughs> <laughs> just a purple possum with a little rose on it <laughs> this commemorative possum's gonna fetch me millions one day arguably it would have been winnie the possum <laughs> or like winnie the garbage <laughs> it it probably would have been winnie the possum <laughs> And instead of honey, trash. <laughs> yeah, some old oh pig skins and a fish skeleton. <laughs> oh, bother. Arguably would have made Paddington even cuter. Uh, little possum in a duffel coat. Oh, God. Granted, I know that he was a real fucking bear, but like, would they have looked for a spectacled bear? I love just... the Because... The, uh, the meme I always think of about possums is the he scream at own ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just Winnie the Pooh screaming at his own ass is adorable oh, to me. Oh, hold on, Avalon. I'm going to text you a picture of a possum um, while we all think about um, uh, Billy Possum Picnic. <laughs> <laughs> is a Billy Possum Picnic what you call it when you eat 18 pounds of possum meat? <laughs> yeah. I'm sending you a picture of Mushroom the Possum. No, Mushroom. The love of my life. Travis isn't here, so I can say that. Oh, I think, look, I think we're all allowed to have one human love of our life and one possum or other garbage monster <laughs> love of our there's life. There's a mushroom for you too, Sarah. <laughs> oh, no. 
Possums are cute as hell. They're absolutely the best. Oh, I would man. die for this possum. I every time I run into a possum, oh, he's so pretty little. Oh. <laughs> Small hands. <laughs> um, the same person who rescued Mushroom also has three foxes. No. Uh, one of whom has a snaggle tooth and also does paintings for Etsy. <laughs> but they just put paint like animal safe paint on her paws and let her walk across a canvas a couple times and it is artful as shit (laughs) do they dip the tail i feel like that would help i think that some of it has to get on the tail good 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 that's i don't want them half-assing my animal art (laughs) anyway so we'll put that picture of mushroom up on instagram (laughs) everyone deserves it so that is that is pretty much the end of of the story of the Billy Possum. Uh, I do have there is I, there's an editorial note that I want to end on, which is that I love the Billy Possum, uh, and it is absolutely not the worst uh, presidential plush creature because uh, the current office holder has. I- Oh, Avalon just lost the game. Uh, I didn't. We, we can <laughs> reference him, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna lose the game because I have to read you a description of Trumpy uh-huh. Bear. Mm-hmm. Trumpy Bear, as described as the cut. Trumpy Bear is 22 inches long. He wears a long red tie, a shirt collar, and cuffs, and nothing else. Uh, he he has bushy that brows. Yep. <laughs> he has bushy brows, wispy corn-colored hair, and a small puckered mouth. And in his bowels lives an American flag blanket. That you can yank out of his guts through a secret zipper. Would you zipper. say a, a puckered mouth like a butthole, maybe? It is aggressively butthole-like. Um, I also entreat you uh, to visit uh, TrumpyBear.com or just Google it if you don't want to give them traffic. <sighs> you might not have heard that last part. He has an American flag blanket in his stomach that you can pull it's out of him. It's the fact that they refer to it as bowels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I want to die looking at this thing. It that looks came like, up on my Google search when I searched for Billy Possum. and <laughs> It looks like a villain from the Berenstain Bears books. <laughs> or like, like the Paddington's de- super conservative cousin like who the, has to learn how to love. <laughs> the, the developer who wants to buy the Berenstain Bears weird treehouse. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's trying to intimidate them out. I will say with Trumpy Bear, it's interesting that they made him... Apparently a black bear. Uh, he's brown. Avalon. He is brown, which is worse. It is arguably worse. Uh, so that is that is a, a short history of, of presidential plush creatures. I mean, it was fun up until that last 30 seconds where I had to look at this bear. So I yeah, see the bl- blanket. And now he'll visit you in your dreams. <laughs> Is there a Mike Pence like uh, squirrel? It's Mike. a it's a naked mole rat. <laughs> it's one of those transparent cave fish that don't don't have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it just calls you mother. And who can forget <laughs> the turtle? <laughs> <laughs> a Mitchy turtle. Uh uh, all these people are monsters. So, like I said, it's less of a dumb president story and more a dumb story about presidents. I mean, Taft is pretty fucking dumb, and I feel confident saying that because he was also a bad president. <laughs>
but he loved possums so much. <laughs> so, uh, Sarah. Speaking of bad presidents. <laughs> I am just going to go on record as saying Coolidge was an okay president. Coolidge is fine. Um, my three stories are on uh, Andrew Jackson, who, just is to preface, the, the cheese? was a... Is this- the cheese? Shh, don't give it away. We've all seen the West Wing. <laughs> so just to preface, uh, Andrew Jackson was a horrible genocidal racist. Uh, uh, yes, something they read don't a bring book. up. <laughs> so please don't take any of the following stories as me celebrating him as a person or a president. It's more that I enjoy them on the level of like... If The Onion had existed in the 1830s, people would read about these stories and then go, wait, is this The Onion? Um, if you want to hear good things about Andrew Jackson, just take a paddleboat tour in New Orleans. <laughs> they will tell you all sorts of great things about that war hero. <laughs> Andrew Jackson, in the main foyer of his White House, had a big block of cheese. <laughs> like a sharp cheddar? A- I've wa- I, it's, I think it was a cheddar. Hmm. I watched The West Wing eight times, I should say. So this is the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) Uh, So the cheese was huge. It was four feet in diameter and two feet thick, and it weighed nearly 1,400 pounds. That seems like enough cheese for a weekend. That's what I was going to say. I'll see you a couple days. Uh, So it was a gift to Jackson from farmer Colonel Thomas S. Meacham of Sandy Creek, New York, who had been inspired by a similarly monstrous wheel of cheese given to Thomas Jefferson, which means this wasn't the first time in history our president was gifted a giant block of cheese. Uh, Can you read this as uh, Alice and Janney in the West Wing, please? Thank you. Don't make me do Janney. I I can't do her justice. Are you kidding? I'm a ding dong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the cheese, which was wrapped in a giant belt that bore patriotic inscriptions like the Union, It must be preserved. Arrived in Washington along with another smaller cheese, which is only 750 pounds, uh, that had been made for Vice President Martin Van Buren. Ah, Van Buren. I don't know anything (laughs) about him other than his facial hair. Uh, So not knowing what the hell else he was supposed to do with it, Jackson put the cheese on display for over a year and would occasionally give chunks of it to his friends. It was like a fun gift. I mean, at that point... I would briefly consider visiting the horrible racist's house if it meant getting a chunk of aged cheddar. Just to get some good cheese. I do hate racism, but I do love 45 pounds of cheddar. I mean, I will visit Tillamook, which (laughs) if you're from Oregon, you know. Tillamook is very much the Andrew Jackson of our state. Of of the coast. (laughs) You gotta go to Bend if you want the real, like... Everyone says it's so pretty. No one's actually visited. (laughs) Uh, So in 1837, as Jackson's second term was winding down, he was, despite giving all this away, uh, still left with a completely unnecessary amount of cheese. So in his last big rager that he threw at the White House, he served the cheese to his guests, and there were about 10,000 of them. They finished it off in less than two hours. When you say rager, I'm just picturing the party from Booksmart, but it's all like... (laughs) Presidents and congressmen. I mean, it's Andrew Jackson, so I imagine it's it's presidents, congressmen, and then like a bunch of sex workers that he invited on a lark. Like, yeah, I didn't think they'd actually come. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay, so it's more like the party from Superbad. Got it. Uh, so here's a quote describing the whole thing. 
Uh, for hours did a crowd of men, women, and boys hack at the cheese, many taking large hunks of it away with them. When they commenced, the cheese weighed 1,400 pounds, and only a small piece was saved for the president's use. The air was redolent use. with cheese, the carpet was slippery with cheese, and nothing else was talked about at Washington that day. I've had dreams like that. we <laughs> just surrounded in cheese. Yeah. The idea of the floor being sticky with cheese is so deeply unpleasant. Not not sticky with cheese, slippery with cheese. I'm just imagining the floor from from Splash Bar, which is a very niche joke, but it's disgusting. It's a uh, full, like, operational club on the weekends, and then on, like, fucking Tuesday nights, they did an open mic comedy. Oh, God. So I was picturing more the floor of uh, the establishment above Sla- Splash Bar, which is a oh God. weird sex party place. I heard rumors, but I thought it was like in like grade school when you heard rumors like that. Oh no, it's it's a it's a full on like sex establishment. What do you call those? Sex bars? Fuck holes? What is it? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a fuck holes. A fuckery. Uh, you West Coast liberal elites. <laughs> it Sex makes holes. it even sadder that that's where I went to get hammered after the election. Oh, because the day after was the open mic. Hilariously, um, whenever you would do like if 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 ever you did the open mic at Splash Bar, you would occasionally see them grabbing like like people work there uh people who work there would grab these giant bowls of tater tots and take them into this weird back oh, room God. <laughs> um, and that's the elevator to go up to the sex party <laughs> uh, so the guess... sex party is complete without tater tots <laughs> right. not uh this was also a bar where they served mixed drinks in literal buckets <laughs> and i would order them on like a fucking thursday night i didn't care it's a great place yeah. Yeah, take a first date there. It's fine. <laughs> Show Very them the romantic. top room. <laughs> That's how you weed them out. That is how I weeded them out. I either took them there or I took them to the Shanghai Tunnel Spa. <laughs> so, big cheese. Um, that's fun. Uh-huh. Um, one last note on the cheese. Uh, by the time it was finally eaten, Washingtonians could allegedly smell the cheese for several blocks, and the smell didn't go away after the cheese was gone. Well, that's because Washington, D.C. is like a human-ass swamp. I mean, yeah, it's literally an armpit. Um, Jackson's <laughs> successor, Van Buren, uh, who at this point still had his own cheese to deal with, <laughs> he, <laughs> he had to air the cheese. carpet out, replace the curtains, and whitewash the whole room. That is how I want to leave this apartment. <laughs> I want to have so much cheese that I don't get my security deposit back. This room A looks... noble life goal, for sure. They just go in for the inspection. They're like, this room seems several inches smaller and all the walls are just <laughs> soft. Is this a Tillamook white? <laughs> I know you said no alterations, but I did have the walls replaced with cheese. <laughs> Scrape off the primer. You can still eat it. It's fine. <laughs> There's a layer of saran before we paint it over it. <laughs> that would create an interesting texture on your walls. So no, wait. it's like that modern, like, textured shit that everyone's Nana was doing in 2003. <laughs> oh, yeah. So wait, well, how, how old was this cheese by the time that everyone ate it? How many people died of botulism? 
Uh, it was about two years old. Oh. Well, no, I mean, it was, yeah, it was made in New York in like 1835. Uh, and they showed it at a couple of fairs and then they <laughs> shipped it down to uh, DC on a boat, I think, a steamboat. And then it sat in the White House. They didn't have refrigeration. So I assume cheese was made differently or they had like the wax rind that they could put over it. Because like cheese can age for like six years. Well, yeah. Sure. I'm sure it was like a room temperature cheese, <laughs> a brie. Yeah. Oh, God, two-year-old brain. It's just it's just running out onto the ground. Uh, I mean, I think it's one of those cheeses that, you know, you can get those cheese that they mold, but you just kind of kind of scrape the mold off, and it's fine. What kind of cheese are you eating? Well, not moldy cheese, but I, I think that well, you exists. You are eating moldy cheese. I mean, I mean, I've, all cheese is mold. I've seen you it? go down on a, no. on a blue. Are we talking about Splash Bar again? <laughs> God, that place was such a hole. <laughs> I think they like rebranded. So you guys it. keep talking about it in the past tense. Is this bar no longer there? It's no, now I, called the Ultra Lounge. Yeah, they spruced it up and tried to make it look like fancy and hipster, <clears throat> but we know. Is the sex club still there? Oh yes. Yes. You don't close that establishment. <laughs> <laughs> People depend on it. That's the money maker. Um, well, the new branding for Splash Bar just makes it look like a uh, T-shirt that Zach Bagans has worn at one point. So, uh, so cheese. Um, you have more, do you not? I do. Um, I also have a story about that one time Andrew Jackson was almost assassinated. Oh man, I could have told the the uh, fuck that one president was squeaky from. Oh, we'll save that for the Squeaky From episode. That's right. She is her own episode. <laughs> so in January 1835, Andrew Jackson became the first American president to experience an assassination attempt. Uh, the would-be assassin, an unemployed and most likely mentally ill house painter named Richard Lawrence, approached Jackson as he left a congressional funeral at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Lawrence shot at Jackson twice with two separate guns, and both of them managed to misfire. <laughs> Uh, that's because he was actually a stormtrooper on his off time. <laughs> the president made it out unscathed, but Lawrence wasn't quite so lucky because once Jackson realized he was being shot at, he turned around and started beating his assassin with his walking cane. <laughs> he was in his mid-60s at this point, just to fully paint this mental picture. Are we so sure? looked 100. Are we sure this assassin wasn't just a bad cheese hallucination? <laughs> <laughs> It might have been because Jackson apparently came away from the assassination attempt deeply paranoid uh, and convinced that Lawrence had actually been hired by his opponents in the Whig Party because this is like midway through Jackson's attempt to dismantle the Bank of the United States, which is a whole other story that I'm to not going to get fair, into. If someone tried to shoot me, I would also come away <laughs> paranoid. <Deeply> paranoid. <laughs> Uh, so would Martin Van Buren. I don't know why he keeps getting brought up, probably because he was vice president. Uh, he started carrying two loaded pistols with him uh, whenever he stopped by the Senate. So when you hear people complaining today that we've never been so polarized, just be thankful Andrew Jackson never had a Twitter account. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Can you even imagine? I don't, want, I don't want to. I can just imagine him tweeting after that big battle in... Um that place with the stuff uh not mrs louisiana when he won that big battle in louisiana for the french and indian war or some shit 
just the tweeting. War of 1812, and it was the Thank Battle you. of Louisiana, New Orleans. Sure, sure, sure. I wasn't there or anything. Uh, just tweeting, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 100%. So one last quick story and a hat tip to the presidentialpetmuseum.com, uh, which I've now used twice as a source for this podcast. It's my favorite website. When was the first time? Uh, cats. Oh, right. Uh, Andrew Jackson had a parrot named Paul. <laughs> okay. He bought it for his wife, Rachel, um, but took care of the bird himself after she had died. Uh, apparently, he spent enough time around the parrot for it to start mimicking his speech, which it demonstrated brilliantly at his funeral in 1845. Did it say racist shit? <laughs> <laughs> the following is a quote attributed to the pastor who presided over the service. Before the sermon, and while the crowd was gathering, a wicked parrot that was a household pet got excited and commenced swearing so loud and long as to disturb the people and had to be carried from the house. <laughs> I admire this burb more than I admire most presidents. <laughs> I think we should all aspire to swear so much and so loudly that we get carted from a funeral someday. <laughs> Is that parrot still alive so we can send him to Cheney's funeral when that comes up? <laughs> No, but if you get a parrot now and start training him, <laughs> by the time it's 2043 and Dick Cheney has finally died. <laughs> I'm not unconvinced at this point that he's Emperor Palpatine. Like, straight up, he's got the look. Yeah, might as well be, yeah. All right. That leads us to our pop quiz called Name That Presidential Pet. Ooh. Do we have to, like, give the actual name of the pet? Um, so I'm going to name the pet and you will have to guess which president it belonged to. I oh, will cool. be offering. I know, like, I know six presidents. So <laughs> I would say I will be offering multiple choice. Okay. Um, I also will be keeping score. Cool. 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 Um, cool. And whoever wins, I don't know, gets bragging rights. I'm not actually, I don't have prizes. <laughs> It'd be really difficult to distribute. They get a big block of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Give me 14,000 pounds of cheddar. To a big block of cheese. Big block of cheese and an extra-sized bathtub. <laughs> okay. Number one, a canary named Johnny Ty. Uh, a, Millard Fillmore. B, Andrew Johnson. C, John Tyler. Or D, William Henry Harrison. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go William Henry Harrison. What was the first one? Millard Fillmore. Him. Buzzer sound. Uh, it was C, John Tyler. Oh. He named the canary after himself. John Tyler <laughs> named his canary. <laughs> Fucking asshole. John Tyler named his canary Johnny Ty. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so John Tyler and his wife, Julia, had a pet canary that they adored. Uh, worried that his beloved bird would be lonely, uh, Tyler arranged to have another canary shipped from New York so Johnny Ty would have a mate. Uh, the canary was shipped by steamboat all the way to Richmond, Virginia, only for the Tylers to discover on its arrival that their new canary was also a male. Uh, Johnny Ty died within a week. <laughs> of he was so against gays that he was like, <laughs> I'm just going to fucking die. <laughs> no, it was never elaborate or elaborated on like why the canary died. Like, I'm not sure if it was like he was lonely. Birds just die, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. The president was trying to put a tiny wig on it or something. <laughs> this will make him look more like me. Dress him up in a little suit. Oh my god! Don't make me think about that. That's He's so been cute. Been elected president of birds. <laughs> There's a joke in there about tweetoing, but I'm not sure. What it is. 
Something about a bill. <laughs> All right, so we're zero and zero. <laughs> Sounds right. Yep. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, a pair of tiger cubs. Uh, a pair of tiger cubs. A gift from the Sultan of Oman. Was it A. George Washington, B. Martin Van Buren, C. Rutherford B. Hayes, or D. Thomas Jefferson? Rutherford B. Hayes, I think. What was the second choice? <laughs> Washington, Van Buren, Hayes, Jefferson. I feel like that's too exciting for Van Buren. I'm going to go Hayes, too. It was actually Van Buren. What? No, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Van Buren received the Sultan's gift early in his presidency and was, by all accounts, completely delighted by it. Uh, he began to make arrangements to keep them at the White House, uh, but Congress intervened, claiming that because the Cubs had started their journey to the United States before Van Buren was sworn in, they were actually property of the United States. Go fuck yourselves, <laughs> really? So in the end, Congress confiscated the Cubs and sent them to the zoo. <laughs> when did Congress have a pair? Like, to... Fuck y'all. Can you imagine him just like, who, or me, have some cheese? Is that, or like, is Congress the, like, in the, in the Calvin Coolidge's raccoon movie for the children's movie we were talking about, is that the foil, like, Congress keeps trying to, like... Yeah, they Send have to get the raccoon at the White House. They have to go in front of Congress. It's like uh, Mrs. Doubtfire when he gives the whole speech about how he can't be away from his kids. It's uh, Coolidge giving a speech to Congress about how he can't be away from his raccoon, but they take custody away anyways, and they have to go live at the zoo with Sally Field. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright so below 2020. <laughs> TM, 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 TM. <laughs> Write it down in an envelope. Mail it to yourself. <laughs> Number three, two alligators. Was this A, Herbert Hoover, B, Warren G. Harding, C, Calvin Coolidge, or D, Dwight Eisenhower? I mean, it's Coolidge. Uh, oh, that, this feels like a trap now. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the second option again? I'm not good at listening to lists. <laughs> Hoover, Harding, Coolidge, Eisenhower. I'm going. I'm going Hoover. Ding, 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 ding! It was <gasps> Herbert Hoover. What? Yes. I thought That's it was. That's why him. he built the dam. <laughs> <laughs> Hoover's son. It was son technically, but he owned a pair of alligators that were, on occasion, allowed to roam the White House grounds. Can you imagine <laughs> being a fucking staffer during that time period? Like not getting paid God, enough. I... Maybe you're an intern. <laughs> <laughs> there's raccoons. There's alligators. <laughs> All right, number four, Old Ike, a pet ram. What was this? A, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, B, Teddy Roosevelt, C, Woodrow Wilson, or D, Grover Cleveland? Uh, which president came after Eisenhower? <laughs> uh, JFK? Oh, well, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with FDR because that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with TR. It was Woodrow Wilson. God, what? <laughs> so during World War I, Wilson showed support for the war effort by acquiring a herd of sheep led by a Shropshire ram named Old Ike. The grazing sheep freed the White House gardeners to join the war effort, and Wilson auctioned off their fleece and donated the proceeds to organizations like the Red Cross and the Salvation Army. Was he a good president? I can't remember. Um. Well, he promised not to get us into war and then did. Okay. Um, but <laughs> it happens, I guess, as as you do. 
he spearheaded the functionally impotent League of Nations. So, <laughs> eh. <laughs> if you're the president of the United States, I could think of a couple better ways to help the war effort than, than just owning sheep, getting some sheep, and then polio. Uh. <laughs> As just a fun little addition, uh, Old Ike the Ram, in particular, had a reputation for charging at White House staff <laughs> and would chew on discarded cigar butts wherever he could find them. Can you... Uh, oh, my God. I was listening to an episode of Forensic Files the other day, and uh, one of the clues was, uh, like, cigarette paper that had pug spit on it. <laughs> <laughs> and they traced it back to just these fucking trailer trash, like, oh, awful yeah. people. Where yeah, this pug this. would pick up cigarette butts that this bitch dropped, chew on them. He had a nicotine addiction. Yeah. She gave her pug a nicotine addiction. Oh, no. Uh. Yeah, and she didn't even go to prison. It was her dumbass husband murdering <laughs> sex workers. Anyways. <laughs> number five. While we're on the subject, uh, number five is a sexist parrot named Washington Post. Did you just say sexist parrot? Yes, I did. Did you okay. say Washington Post? <laughs> yes, did so lots of uh, was it a chester a arthur b benjamin harrison c ulysses s grant or d william mckinley who the fuck is chester whatever <laughs> chester a arthur well he was a president no he was not didn't he die in like two days from sepsis or something no that was william henry harrison and it was 30 but did but wait no and was it because he ate too much pie no he served a full fucking term who ate Who too much pie and man? then died? Uh, that Are was you thinking James about Tycho Brahe? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a president. No, who, that was. He like went to a county fair and ate a bunch of pie and then died. <laughs> I've never heard this story. Where was that in our compilation of dumb president stories? <laughs> I, Holy shit. Uh, Zachary Ty, uh, Taylor died after eating too much pie. Oh. Well, I'm going to say it was Chester A. Arthur, because What fuck were the it. options again? Arthur, Harrison, Grant, Thank McKinley. Um, I'm going to go uh, uh, Grant. It was D, William oh. McKinley. Uh, McKinley had a double yellow-headed parrot named the Washington Post. Or, no, just Washington Post. There was no the. It was like Facebook. <laughs> uh, who could whistle Yankee Doodle Dandy, which is cursed. Uh, it served as official White House greeter. Uh, whenever a woman would walk by his cage, Washington Post was trained to say, look at all the pretty girls. Well, that's adorable and weird. And it went on to start a newspaper. <laughs> was the Fun parrot... little known fact. Yeah, was he played out. by Tom Hanks? <laughs> no, no. He would have been more of a Meryl. Yeah, for sure. All right. Number six, a family of white mice. Was it A, Andrew Johnson, B, Andrew Jackson, C, Abraham Lincoln, or D, James Buchanan? Lincoln. It was Lincoln. I feel like Andrew Jackson would like white mice. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he'd be able to stop himself from just killing them. So I'm, uh, what was the first one? Uh, Johnson. I'm going to go Johnson. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yes. No, Lincoln had a cat. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln had cats. There would be no, no, no mice in that White House. Uh, Andrew Jackson, or Andrew Johnson was one of the first presidents to never have an official pet during his time in the White House. Uh, but during his impeachment trial, he did befriend, this is, this is, get ready, this is very sad. Uh, he did befriend a family of white mice that lived in his bedroom. Oh. While he waited for the Senate to decide his fate, Johnson remained hidden in the White House, entertaining himself with the mice. He would leave water out for them to drink and fed them with flour and grain from his family's mills. 
Johnson claimed to have won the confidence of the mice and referred to them as my the little fellows. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna need Paul Dano <laughs> some money some money from A24 <laughs> and the guy that directed the witch. Is this President Grey Gardens? What's happening? <laughs> I've befriended the raccoons. They tell me secrets. <laughs> Oh my god, he just turned into Eric Matthews from that flash forward. Uh, I'm sits with mice. (laughs) All right, I got one last question. Avalon holds the lead two to zero. Uh, A pair of beagles named him and her. Was it A, John F. Kennedy, B, Lyndon B. Johnson? C, Richard Nixon, or D, Gerald Ford? Jackie would never let that shit fly. It was Nixon. <laughs> I think it was Ford. Uh, it was actually LBJ. Ah. He started Vietnam, right? Like, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm just, again, across the universe is where I got this information. So here we are. <laughs> uh, him and her were born during Johnson's term as vice president, sired by another Beagle Johnson owned, who uh, it turns out was just named Beagle. Yeah. Uh, so while he was terrible at naming dogs, yeah. Johnson apparently loved them. And him and her became famous when a controversial photo of Johnson pulling him up by the ears was featured in Life magazine. Oh. You've I've probably seen, seen it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After fielding hundreds of phone calls, telegrams, and letters from outraged dog lovers, Johnson finally issued a public apology. Uh, the dogs, by all accounts, were treated well. Johnson even included the pair in visits from heads of state, even though him once peed on a chair during a formal tea party. I mean, haven't we all? Was this <laughs> Who hasn't? You get nervous. Was this before or after Johnson like put the head of state in his amphibious car and drove it into the river to startle them? <laughs> is this another? Man. Okay, this is a slight divergence. Johnson had an amphibious car built to look like a normal convertible, and he would put heads of states in it to, you know, like, oh, we're going to drive around the White House grounds. And then he would just drive into the river. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Really, really power moving him. So we've been electing fucking idiots since. Since. Look. He also called his penis Jumbo. (laughs) Yeah. If you are able to amass that kind of power... You got to be a little bit off. I'm going to need that audio of, uh, what was it, Johnson? Uh, it is also Johnson ordering J- pants. Johnson yes. ordering pants. That is available on the internet. It's really it's really something. Oh, hold on. I can edit it in. Uh, Sarah, you're also going to Google this. Oh, boy. Oh, that is uh, autocomplete. Thank you. Oh, here, I can just throw a link in here. I've got it open in another tab. Oh, cool. <laughs> just for your personal <laughs> Edification. All right. Is he just drunk ordering pants? Like, is this what people did before Amazon? (laughs) Well, oh my God, the 60s, Emily. So people were always drunk. He just peed on a Secret Service agent's foot, uh, and now he's going to buy some pants. (laughs) Um,. I know he didn't mean it like this, but back to my bunghole so I can let it out there if I need to. <laughs> it makes it sound like he wants like a union suit with a flag. Now, in my line of work, I sometimes need to show a congressman my bunghole. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, um... 
also when he's at the end, he's like, "Can you give this boy the address? Because I'm running to a funeral." It's <laughs> 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 like. I'm drunk, I have a minute, I'm ordering <laughs> pants, my bunghole hurts, and I need to go to a funeral. <laughs> oh my god. What an honor, though, to make the president's pants. Yeah. <laughs> so like Just I said, the, the moral of this episode isn't, all presidents do dumb shit, it's fine now, it's, I don't know, sometimes it's funny, this isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse now, it, it gets worse. I was going to say, it's fun when they're not committing war crimes, but who, boy, I mean, who hasn't? I did tell a story about a president who committed war crimes, but it was funny because he almost died. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you have your own funny presidential story, you can tweet at us at Afternoonified, uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash getafternoonified, though I don't know why you're still using that because we sure as shit don't. And then on Instagram at Afternoonified, uh... Eh, get afternoonified.com. That's where all the old episodes live. Um, you can donate. That'd be fun. Or uh love money. Yeah, we have a merch store, and like I said, uh you are getting dangerously close to our Midge Midge 2020 shirts not being funny anymore. So Do you have wheels of cheese? Uh Redbubble has not allowed us to print our logo on large wheels of cheddar yet, but we are working on it. I really want that now. Not like not booha related, but just like as a business Branded card. Cheese. <laughs> just a baby bell. <laughs> Um, when I was in film school, we would do our uh, portfolio show where people from the industry and like our parents uh, would come walk around and like look at our reels and our our tables that had like our resumes and shit. Um, but everyone just kind of tried to one up each other on like the kinds of free stuff they had at their table. Um, so like I did handmade butter mints and scented like bubbles. Uh, one person brought a fucking clown. <laughs> What the fuck? I don't want to talk about it. Steve was a monster. Uh, <laughs> no, I love Steve. Um, and one person just had like custom made flash drives because their daddy had money. <laughs> but I could have won with baby bells. I wish I had done baby bells instead of, you know, carefully crafted mints. <laughs> anyway, that's where you can find us. Like I said, get your Midge Midge 2020 shirt. We also have other merch, but is it really as important? No. That was a year ago, Sarah. We made that joke almost a year ago. Oh, my God. Don't talk to me about time. <laughs> I guess while we're avoiding the subject of time, Avalon, what's up with you? <laughs> oh, you know, you can uh, you can check out my show, which is also on the Sobolo Media Net. No, wait, I did the wrong part. Spooky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's also on the Sobolo uh, Network. Uh, it is called Boohaha. And it is uh, a podcast that uh, sometimes gets around to talking about ghosts. Um, yeah, your dad being on was, it was a <laughs> gift. It was, it was beautiful. Oh, oh, yeah. oh you mean Avalon's dad? <laughs> We're doing air quotes. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's not a lot of difference between uh, me and my dad, really. I woke up vocally. at 6.30 in the morning to a text from Sarah <laughs> stating that she thought it was just you doing a deeper voice. <laughs> <laughs> just picture me recording that just going running from one chair to the other not even in the same mic just really playing your part really putting in that effort look that was seven hours in the studio it was a whole day <laughs> um 
this is unrelated, but Minnie has a new toy that's like one of those stick things, and then it has like a little stuffed piece of pizza, and then further down the line is a little rat. It's a pizza rat toy. Um, <gasps> I need this. It is her best friend. <laughs> uh, she she brings it to the food dish with her, and she has just brought it over <laughs> to me. <laughs> and I'm dying. Fawn just brought me a severed goat horn. <laughs> that seems on like brand. I feel like that's less <laughs> cute, but thematically appropriate. Um, I'll throw the link up to Pizza Rat on the <laughs> on the Twitter. And uh, Google old Ike if you want to see the goat horn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that was informative, and I also realized that I'd know the names of, like, six presidents, so that's probably something <laughs> to work on in the new year. That's a good resolution. Learn the Memorize names of the Memorize all the names of all the presidents like I did in the third grade. I mean, I'll just put the Animaniac song. I'll only be missing three. It's fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can get those. I feel like They Might Be Giants could probably help you out a bit. Ooh. They got a few of them in there. Well, I mean... If there hadn't been Russian interference, the Animaniacs song only would have been missing two presidents. So <laughs> we would just replay that other one. <laughs> I mean, they didn't even give Bill Clinton the the presidency to himself in that song. They were like the Clintons, Bill and Hillary, and like yeah, yeah. That's that's how that works. Both. <laughs> I've seen political animals. I fucking know. <laughs> anyway, all right, we will. I don't know. Talk to you guys later. Probably in about a week. Happy. Oh, happy, happy President's, President's Day. Day later happy this week. President's. President. Oh, here's a good reminder. If uh, your primary is coming up, maybe go vote in it. Oh, my God, please. Super Tuesday is March 3rd, everybody. I mean, like, depending on who you're voting for, though. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I mean, I have. Some of you should vote less. I have a feeling we have a pretty solid <laughs> fan base that dropped off after. all Trump supporters? <laughs> It's fucked up. I don't know. They love ghosts. I think most of them left after I like had a mental break during our cults episode a week after the last election. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. Good night. Uh, Mr. Hager? Yes, this is Joe Hager. Uh, Joe, are, uh, is your father the one that uh, makes uh, clothes? Yes, sir. We're all together. Uh, you all made me some real lightweight slacks uh, uh, that he just made up on his own, sent to me three or four months ago. It's a kind of a light brown and a light green, rather soft green and soft brown. Yes. And they're real lightweight. Now, I need about six pairs for summer wear. Yes, sir. I want a couple, of, maybe three of the light brown, uh, kind of a almost powder color, like powder on a lady's face. Yes, then there were some green, and then maybe some other light pair. If you had a blue in that or, or black, I'd have one blue and one black. I need about six pairs to uh, wear around in the evening when I come in from work. And I need uh, they're about a half an inch too tight in the waist. Uh, do you recall the exact size? I just wanted to be sure we get them right for you. No, I don't know. You, uh, you all just guessed at them. I think, Senator, but wouldn't you have the measurements there? We'll find them for you. 
I can send you a pair. I want them a half an inch larger in the waist than they were before, except I want two or three inches of stuff left back in there so I can take them up. I vary 10 to 15 pounds a month. So uh, leave me at least two and a half, three inches in the back where I can let them out or take them up and put it, make these a half inch bigger in the waist, make the pockets at least an inch longer. Money, uh, my money and my knife, everything fall out. Wait just a minute. Hello? Hello. Now, the pockets, when you sit down in the chair, the knife and your money comes out, so I need it at least another inch in the pockets. Yeah. Now, another thing, the crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight. So when you make them up, give me a inch that I can let out there uh, because they cut me. They're just like riding a, a wire fence. These are almost, these are the best that I've had anywhere in the United States. But uh, uh, when I gain a little weight, they cut me under there. So leave me, uh, you never do have much margin there. Let's see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper ends uh, around uh, under my, back to my bunghole. So I can let it out there if I need to. Now, be sure you got the best zippers in them. These are good that I have. And uh, if you get those to me, I would sure be grateful. Uh, where would you like to please? White House. Uh, now, uh, I don't guess there's any chance of getting a very lightweight shirt, sports shirt, to go with that slack, is there? That same color? We don't make them, but we can have them made up for you. If you might might look around, I wear about a 17. Extra, extra long. Do you like it in the same fabric? Uh, yeah, I sure would. I don't know whether that's too heavy for a shirt or not. I sure want I sure want the lighters I can in that same color matching it. If you don't mind, you figure out somebody up there that makes good shirts and uh, get me one to match each one of them. And if they're good, we'll order some more. Right. I just sure will appreciate this. I need it more than anything. And uh, now uh, that's uh, that's about it. I guess I could get a jacket made out of that if I wanted to, couldn't I? Oh, I think that uh, didn't Jan Pager have a jacket? Yeah, he sent me some jackets for some earlier, but they were way too short. They hit me up about halfway down my belly. I had a much longer waist. But I, I thought if they had material like that and somebody could make me a jacket, I'd send them a sample to copy from. Well, I'll tell you what, if you will send us this, we'll get it. We'll find someone to make it. Okay. We can supply the material to match it. Okay, I'll do that. Now, how do I, you give this boy the address, because I'm running for a funeral and give him a dress just how to dress these trousers. So we'll send them to you. Don't you, you get the measurements out of them and add a half an inch to the back, give us an inch to the pockets, and about an uh, inch underneath uh, so we can let them out. In other words, you like just a little more stride in the crotch. Yeah, that's right. That. I want you to build these at least a half an inch more and then leave me some in there. Yes, sir. Okay, here he is. Oh, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Hi, Shane Hosey, host of Grim Designs, a podcast about game design and cheating death. Each episode sees me and a friend creating a new analog game from scratch using like a deck of cards, some dice, D&D dice, pen and paper, whatever you have lying around the house. And I use those games to play the Grim Reaper and extend my unnaturally long life. That part isn't part of the show. I mean, we, we couldn't get Death to sign the waiver. But you can check it out. Part of Sobolo Media. That's Grim Designs, hosted by me, Shane Hosey. Stay safe, everybody. 
For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.